Let's say praise the Lord. Are we glad to be in the house of the Lord once again? Uh, usually when I come to the area, uh, I like to take care of business first. So to distort some of the bubbles that are going off in your head, I am a black guy. <laughs> and I know I'm a black guy. So we got that one out the way. <laughs> but we praise and thank God for being here. And our uh, job is to carry the gospel everywhere we're allowed to bring the gospel. And when we're invited, we do like the scripture said, we receive the invitation and preach the word. Everywhere we're not invited, my son will tell you, we will shake the dust off our feet and call that place curse. Now, I'm just saying what the Bible said. So if you feel like you're cursed, we'll be leaving in about 30 minutes. So we're going to jump in and run real fast. <laughs> in case anything might happen but we thank God for the pastor and his wife and the assistant pastor for humbly blighting us in and we like to thank uh, my uh, secret agent uh, Mr. Norman he's my, my booking agent and gets me all over this place and gets me speaking everywhere we want to thank God for him as well and his family coming along with us they're in the front row I brought back up in case y'all didn't want to say man I got some back up so if they say amen, you say amen. How about that? <laughs> but we thank God for that. But before I get into the word, let me give you a quick testimony. Uh, as you said, I'm a retired major in the United States military. I was a joint task force training officer, and uh, I worked special operations. Uh, so I had a joint task. I, I served as an infantry soldier slash quartermaster slash convoy commander and slash volunteer for whatever they told me to do. Uh, I praise and thank God for that job, but in the, in the same sense, while we was at Camp Taji, April 24th of 2004, our unit came under attack while I was serving with the 1st Cal Division, 39th Infantry. Uh, they started dropping mortars in, so they called for all of us to come to the bunker. Uh, once we got to the bunker, we noticed that there were few people not there, so I was asked to go help, see if we can find some people. Well, we thought the all-clear sign had been given, but it wasn't given properly, so we went out looking for people doing what we do, and we brought some back. And uh, just in that moment of time, a uh, truck pulled up, shot an RPG at the bunker. Instead of hitting the bunker, the RPG went right through my body and stuck in the ground. Uh, after that, they tried to return fire, so they shot 50 cal rounds toward the bunker, and I took four. 50 cal round hits to my body. Then they dropped a mortar about 20 feet in front of me that threw me into a concrete wall. Uh, they got to me, they tried to resuscitate me. For a little while they couldn't find me because I was buried under some of my battle buddies. But then after they dug me up, they tried to resuscitate me, they couldn't. So they placed me in a body bag. Got ready to ship me off with the rest of the litter. Uh, but I didn't have my dog tags on me because I wasn't specifically attached to that unit. So what they did was a nurse came by, unzipped the body bag to see what my doll tags were. Little bubbles were coming out of my neck and I decided to set up and ask for help and she took off to go get some help. <laughs> uh, as I talked with her, she told me that when she got there to tell the doctor that there was a body sitting up in the body bag, he said, Oh, don't worry, we had that happening all the time. Just push it back in the body bag, zip it back up, get the information, 
And she said, huh, this one's talking. <laughs> so in the midst of all that, they pulled me. They, uh, they never took me out of the body bag just in case. So they started working on me while I was in the body bag. My records had already went forward. So with my records going forward, they didn't know my exact body type, my uh, blood type. So they ended up giving me the wrong blood. It sent my body into shock. My body went into shock. I went into a coma. Never supposed to wake up again. Uh, so 62 days later, I decided to defy the doctors and woke up. So I tell people a lot of times, be careful what you ask God for. And y'all military guys might get this joke, and especially y'all uh, Vietnam veterans might get this. I complain, God, I'm so tired of all these missions. I need some rest. I need some sleep. Lord, oh, my God, can you make something happen? You guys are killing me. Every minute they say, I get six hours break, and I'm only getting two, and I'm back on the road ripping and running. I don't want to even see what route Tampa looked like anymore. I don't even want to know what a Tampa is anymore. I'm not even going to go to Florida, and I don't even want to know what a Tampa. Then he got me sleep for 62 days. <laughs> so... Whatever you ask for, he'll give you the desires of your heart. <laughs> so after I woke up, uh, I found out a couple of things that wasn't pleasant. That when I woke up, that uh, my wife had decided that she didn't want to take care of me at that time. So she decided that she would leave her wedding rings on the table and go about her life while I slept and slumbered. Uh, I tell people all the time when I was blowed up, I got blowed up as a captain. Uh, woke up as a, as a divorce major. I didn't know which one was good or bad. <laughs> so in the midst of all that, my mom told me, uh, keep your head on, stay focused on what God has for you. So my nurse was so awesome in taking care of me, I figured I'd go ahead and marry her. <laughs> so I have a lovely wife that isn't present with us right now by the name of Tamika Smith, and uh, she's at home taking care of business as well. So my hats go off to her because she took care of me during the roughest times. That's my son right there. He knows his mama. <laughs> he said, nobody ain't going to clap. I am. That's what you do, bro. So we thank God for her, even in her absence. My son that's here with us. My other son would have been with us tonight, but he had sickle cell and he had a crisis right before we came on this trip. So in the midst of all that, uh, when I woke up, I found out I had some other severance. I had TBI level two. Uh, I was blind in my right eye. At that time, my mouth was shut because I had, my jaw was broken five different places. I lost hearing because of the blasting. Uh, I lost my right kidney. My colon was broke down. I had to get a reconstruction on my colon. Lost part of my large intestines. Uh, I lost my right arm, which is one of the most obvious, I guess everyone can say. Uh, I lost my full hip. I don't have a hip. So I know some of y'all just thought, you know, that's how us black guys walk. But, <laughs> but I do have one leg shorter than the other. <laughs> but I can understand. <laughs> but uh, but I, uh, my knees are shot, ankle shot. I, I think they named every type of arthritis that you can get. I got it. And, uh, but in the midst of all of it, God still delivered me out of all those things and gave me strength to stand on my own. Uh, and with all that being said, uh, they said I'd never walk again. They said I'd probably never be able to talk again. Uh, they thought I was gonna be blind the rest of my life. Uh, I got one of my eyes back so I can see very well with that one eye. So I can't see y'all over there till I turn, but 
I know you're there now. I, I counted, so if I come back and there's a lesser number, I know somebody left. <laughs> uh, but y'all are stuck. <laughs> I see you. Uh, in, in the midst of all that that we went through, uh, I was able to do uh, complete two 70.3s uh, after my injury. That's a 1.2-mile swim, 56-mile bike ride, 13.9 run. Uh, I've done 18 sprints. Oh, thank you. And uh, on this year, I became a 10th degree black belt in Aaron Okami Bushido, starting our own martial arts style that teaches free martial arts to all that comes to our dojo. Uh, some people said, are you a real grandmaster? I'll tell them, my son and I tell them all the time, I'll be your huckleberry. <laughs> so, uh, in the midst of all that, we started off with one school where I just wanted to teach my kids what I knew before I probably thought I was going to pass on. Uh, ended up starting off with that one school. Now we have seven, 17 different schools throughout the world. Uh, on top of that, we have uh, 14 grandmasters, 22 masters, uh, 135 black belts, and over 500 students under our charge now. So it grew fast, and uh, we were blessed fast. So, you know, a lot of people tell us a lot of times, if you're offering free martial arts, then it must not be anything. And I tell them, like, well, salvation is free. So what you think? <laughs> so keeping all that in mind, our biggest deal was God not letting me leave him. And I know a lot of y'all may not understand what I meant by that, but God didn't let me leave him. Because, you know, I could have stayed, stayed dead and buried, sleeping in my grave, and I wouldn't have to come back and worry about all these bills and heartaches and disappointment. But he allowed me to come back and preach what he gave me, even while I was in my coma and while I was going through the things that I was going through. And with that being said, now I'm ready to preach. Is that all right? That, that was just the beginning, all right? So I'm going to tell you how I preach. The more I hear coming back, the more I know I'm preaching good and I don't preach that long. <laughs> the less I hear, the more I think I'm not hitting home and I have a tendency to keep talking and talking and talking. Y'all got it, right? Okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Somebody got it. All right. So if you have your Bibles, let's open up our Bibles to uh, Philippians. Let's go to the third chapter of Philippians. Philippians third chapter in the 13th verse. I'll be reading out of it. King James Version. I know there's a lot of different versions out there, but this is the one I can read out of the better and uh, drive a point home even closer to you. Uh, Philippians, the third chapter and the 13th verse uh, reads as follows. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. 14th verse says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
Uh, and if you had your Bibles, I want you to keep your finger on that, but I want you to keep your finger on Psalms, the 23rd chapter as well. We'll be hitting that over there, the familiar passage of scripture. But my overall theme throughout my whole ministry has always taken a, a subject that says, don't let situations dictate your outcome. No matter what's going on, don't look at the situation and let it dictate your outcome because he's already given us the victory, right? So tonight our text is, I'm too busy pressing forward to look back. I'm too busy pressing forward to look back. One of the commonality scriptures I give to people that makes them remember this very well, I always tell them to say, neighbor, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. don't park in a handicap zone. <laughs> yeah. In the midst of all that we go through so many times in our lives, we miss out on what God has for us because we allow our spirits to be caught up in a situation that it should not be in in the first place. So many times we think that the easiest parking space is the best parking space, and we always think that the closest to the building always get the blessings first. But I stopped by to tell you this, that the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. There was a story that was once told by a man of Moses' caliber when he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And when they was trapped by the Red Sea in front of them, Pharaoh's army coming up on the back of them, mountains on the east and the west, they found no way out of escape for them. And what Moses told them at that time was, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So I said, Lord, I know that. Scriptures, I know they know that, but Lord, what are you trying to tell me? Well, so many times people are always complaining and griping and they're looking at the situation that they're in that they forget where they need to be. You ever seen no folks, you can't even say good morning to them. They got to tell you everything that's wrong with them besides good morning to you too. You know, you say good morning. Well, it is a good morning, but my knees are hurt today. You know that all right. Oh, I see you on the next one. Yeah, if, if the creek don't rise. And, you know, y'all remember that? I didn't go. I almost told how old I was, didn't it? I know I look beautiful up here. I mean, you know, so in the midst of all that, they got so caught up in the situation that they forgot that God was leading them to the blessing. So as I started reading the scriptures, I said, Lord, how can I interpretate this to those that complain so much, always aggravated? You know, sometimes that we get with the pastor, the pastor's trying to lead you somewhere, everybody start complaining till they miss out on the blessing, and the pastor and his family only want to get the blessing, everybody like, what just happened? But what's really going on a lot of times is we get so caught up in our complaining in our own situation that we forget about the mission. In the military, we always taught our soldiers mission first. No matter what's going on, I'm sorry, you know, we used to have this thing, don't leave no soldier behind. That's what we told y'all in public. Uh, but mission was always first. And we had to accomplish the mission at all costs. And when we start looking to the mission, we forget about the situation around us. That's why when you got mission first, you don't worry about your life. You worry about everybody's life around you. To help as many people that can get to the objective, that's how many people we got in the fight. But what happens so many times when we get caught up, 
that Moses, in our terminology, literally had to tell them and say, y'all, shut up. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He had to tell them, shut up. You know, people get mad sometimes when you tell them that, you know, because everybody's grown. Now, I know who he think he's talking about. I'm a grown man. I don't know, he ain't my daddy. But every now and then, some people, you just got to say, look, just shut up. You think you're the only one that got issues? You think you're the only one got problems? But see, we get so caught up in our own stuff that we forget that we were sent out to help everybody else. See, some of us try to prepare ourselves for salvation, and there was nothing for you to prepare for. It says, seek ye first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? All these things will be added on to you, but we're trying to add stuff on, then seek the kingdom of God. I can't come to church because we need food on the table. If you come to church, they might have. Oh, look out now, preacher. I told you I was coming to help you. Oh, I can't go to church. I got to go to work in the morning. But what if you don't wake up? Seek ye first what? The kingdom of God and all these things, not some. All these things will be added unto you. But when we get caught up in the summation of things, you don't know what I'm going through. You know, I, I, that's the biggest thing I hear from everybody a lot these days. You just don't know what I'm going through. Well, if I did, I probably wouldn't want to go through it neither. But the idea is to show you a way of escape out of your situation. If the exit is over here and you run to the wall, that ain't my fault. It says exit. You went the wrong way. And so many times we're pointing people to the way out, but they, they didn't want to hear from you. You didn't look right. You didn't dress right. You didn't talk right. Oh, my God. I really didn't want to listen to them because they didn't speak in no tongue. So, but you couldn't understand them anyway, but you still went the wrong way. But we get so caught up in these worldly things that we miss out on the blessings that God has for us. Everybody got something wrong with them. They say, well, no, me and Norman, we're kind of perfect, but everybody got something wrong with them. You hear what I'm saying? I don't care. The pastor might be smiling right now, but you don't know how he is at home. Probably ready to kick. I told him, members, not. <laughs> but he comes back and says, I love y'all. Pray. I've been praying for you. <laughs> you don't know what goes on when he leaves. That's why we always supposed to pray for those that have rule over us, that they don't come back and hit you with the ruler. <laughs> but we get so caught up in our own situation. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm always broke to my standards. <laughs> I'm always poor to my standards. I always need money. I always need something. But God said that we get so caught up in our needs that we ask amiss to consume of our own lust, and that's why we ain't got what we have. We're too busy looking at what everybody else driving, and we're not happy what we driving. That we can't get to the other one. You can't even afford the car. No, why are you praying for it anyway? Get a job first. <laughs> it's first, right? First. See, the Bible starts off with this, in the beginning. It didn't start off with in the end. How did it start off what? In the beginning. I think God gave us a big hint to start at the beginning and not in the middle and not at the end. But we get so caught up with the end result that we forgot to stop, 
start at the beginning. Now we got to backtrack, and now we mess up and have to leave our blessing to go back and finish what we started. And when we get back, we wonder where it went. Scripture says, you shall reap if you faint not. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Worketh patience. And all y'all pray, Lord, give me patience. And then when he sends something, give you patience. Lord, take it away. <laughs> Whoo, I'm coming up on the rough side of the mountain. Y'all think that's all too tall? You're coming up. We're always going to complain about all our hard times and difficult. If you know what I've been through. No, it doesn't matter what you've been through. Tell me where you are right now. Tell me what you got right now. These are things God had to put on my mind as he showed me these scriptures. Brethren, I don't even count myself as apprehended. Yeah, it's a great testimony to die, get put in a body bag, think folks dead, and you raise up, all that. That's some great testimony, right? But see, your testimony is even greater. You know why? Because it's your testimony. Because that might be a hard thing to do over here, but it might be easy for you. So we never line ourselves up against one another, but we line one another up for each other. So it don't matter how great you think you are, if you have not charity, it profits you nothing. If you can't love the person that's sitting right next to you, I know it's hard, man, but you, know, you can look over there for just a second. But if you can't love the one right next to you, how can you say you love God whom you cannot see? We get so caught up with our own stuff and we get so caught up with what's going on in the world that we forget to work out our own soul salvation with fear and trembling. That's the part people leave off. Because if you work it out with fear and trembling, you too scared about losing your stuff. You ain't worried about if they say, you just hope they on there on the ride. But we get so caught up with how everybody else living, but we forget how we living. We want to put other people down by the way they walk, they talk, the way they look, the way they dress, the way they move. And we forget about when we look in the mirror, we got the same problems. What problems a man when he looks into a mirror and walks away and forgets what he looks like? Look in the mirror and see your hair out of place, but then you just walk off and forget it's out of place. And these days, people just laugh. Hey, they don't say like, hey, your hair's messed up. They just walk by, I thought he looked like a clown. But we have to remember what the scriptures are telling us. And in the midst of with the children of Israel, when he finally got them to be quiet, he later on told and said, stand still and watch what God's going to do. But if you talking while I'm trying to talk, you're going to miss out on the blessing. So when they quieted down, Moses lifted up his rod and the sea parted. Not only did it part, but look what it did. They walked on dry ground. Now some of y'all may think that was the important part to you, but when I was in Brook Army Medical Center, I read that scripture to one of those, you know, uh, non-believers. I'm trying to think of a nice way to say it. Non-believers said, I don't believe that story happened. I said, why? He Googled some stuff and said, you know, the Red Sea was only three feet deep then. And I said, well, thank you, brother. You have increased my testimony. And some of y'all are going like, what do you mean? Well, 
I was always taught that they were so high that they was on this side and this side and it drowned Pharaoh's army. But if you say it was only three feet deep and he drowned Pharaoh's army in three feet of water, caused all that confusion and drowned everybody. Man, that's a bad guy right there. Thanks for the props. <laughs> but see, we miss out that we let the devil steal our joy. That's his only thing to steal your joy. God never promised you were going to be happy and promised you a rose garden. But he did say you shall have joy, unspeakable joy. And the devil can only get in when he steals your joy. Now, I'm not happy all the time. God knows. God knows I'm not happy all the time. But this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. So that's why I say I'm too busy pressing my way to look back. I'm too busy pressing. While you're caught up in all the craziness, while you're sleeping, I'm study training to make my way. Listen to what he said, brother, I count not myself as apprehended, but this one thing I do. This is one thing I do. If I don't do nothing else, if you don't remember anything else that I'm telling you, he said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. What are you talking about? Look, there are people that can tell me about my past better than me. Because half the time I was too high, too drunk, and too crazy to remember anyway. They could tell the story better than me. But forgetting that stuff, while you worried about what happened in my past, I'm too busy reaching forward and moving forward. While you caught up back there, I'm moving forward. So you may have got in this church before me, but the race is not always given to the swift or the strong. I don't care if you've been here all your life. I'm talking with some of the ones that got problems with the ones that been here for a while. I don't care if you've been here when the, when the walls came up and I just walked in, but the race is not always given to the swift nor the strong. Some of you have been here so long that you don't pull it up with a cramp in your leg. You, you've been running the race and you look back and oh! And that's when you got passed. You pulled a hamstring because you weren't exercising yourself in the word like you were supposed to, and you got caught up. You hear me? So many things we get caught up, but we have to learn how to reach forward to those things that are before us. When we always keep our eyes in front of us, we don't have to worry about what's behind us. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, in Christ Jesus. This is something that can be obtained, but people have a hard time attaining it. How easy is it that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. How easy can that be? But it goes on to say, so we just don't use one scripture, but it said, work out your soul salvation with fear and trembling, but always continue to press to gain the most possible advantage to get yourself in. Because the Bible says, if the ungodly and the sinner shall scarcely 
make it. Scarcely make it. Where shall we be? If we shall scarcely get in, where shall the ungodly and the sinner man? It's hard to get into this thing sometimes. It's hard to understand what God is trying to tell us. But we have to understand that God has a way that you can't go under. God's got a way that you can't go around. You must come in at the door. That's why he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. No man cometh unto God but by me. What are you saying, brother preacher? So many times we get so caught up in ourselves that we miss our blessings that God has for us. And if you had the time to keep your finger on the 23rd Psalms and you allow me about 15 minutes more, I'm going to bring this thing home to you. Psalms, the 23rd chapter says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, I want y'all to stop right there just one minute. You know, I always tell people sometimes if you give people a picture of what you're trying to relate to them, you can understand what God was trying to do for you. So many times we get so caught up in our situations that people call it a Job experience. I had some very great preachers come to my room after I went through all that I went to and I don't want to call their names because I don't want to be a reproach unto their ministry but one of them told me that brother you're having a Job experience and I looked up at him in his beautiful suits and nice clothes and I told him brother I'm not Job so I don't know what Job went through I'm Anthony if Job had to go through what I went through, I don't know if he would have made it. I don't know if I would have made it through what Job went through. But I do know this, that God has a plan for me that I have to rest and assure that he will deliver me out of all my trials and tribulation. So what are you saying? Uh, pastor, come on up here, Pastor. The Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. So if the Lord is my shepherd... That means he's going to lead me beside the still waters, right? He's going to make me lie down in the green pastures. Now, he's going to represent Jesus, my Lord, represent, represent. And sometimes the pastor goes through so much with members that back in the day, you know what they used to do with sheep? When a sheep ran off, he didn't have a problem leaving the 99 to go get the one. Because the other 99 learned their lesson from when they ran off the first time. <laughs> so when he goes and get the one that ran off, he'll bring that sheep back, lay him down in green pasture, break his legs <laughs> so he couldn't go nowhere. So he makes him to lie down in green pasture so he gets to drink and everything right there where he needs. Now, I'm not saying go break nobody's legs. Just oh, <laughs> But in the midst of it all, I got to let him lead me, right? 
So that doesn't mean I walk beside Jesus and tell him what I want, but I let him lead me. So that means I have to be behind him. So if he goes, takes a step forward, I take a step forward. If he turns to the left, I go to the left. If he goes to the right, I go to the right. But what happens so many times that the right looks better than the left, and Jesus said, let's go left. He's like, oh, I ain't going to all them food with them folks. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm staying right here, Lord. Let me know how it works when you get back. <laughs> but we get so caught up in that situation that we miss out on what God's trying to get us to understand. But it said, yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know why? Because that rod and that staff, they do what? They comfort me. Come on, assistant pastor. Come on. Give me assistant pastor. Come on, brother Dave. He's he's quiet. Assistant. I want the brothers to come up here. Oh, I got something else for you. (laughs) Come on up here for a second. You you ain't got to preach. You can stay quiet. Let me hook this up. All righty. Is that good right there? All right. Good. 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 Come on. This this just for demonstration purposes. Don't worry. Don't be scared, I guess. Yeah, don't be scared. I am, but don't be scared. All right. So, Jesus is in front of me. My rod and my staff, they comfort me. So, you know, every now and then, we have a tendency to get our eyes off of Jesus and worry about the problem. But if I keep my eyes on Jesus in front of me, his rod and his staff will comfort me. So if the devil tries to come in, I know I got protection on the right and protection on the left, and I got protection in front of me. So I don't have to worry when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death because I got a rod and a staff. And that's the word off the evil that comes our way. Y'all hear what I'm saying? No matter what comes my way, if they're coming from the right, they all shift to the right. If it's coming from the left, they all shift to the left. If it's coming from in front, they all lead me where I need to go. In the midst of everything that's going on, it leads me where I should go. And uh, we all brothers stay right there. Let me get two more brothers up here right quick. Come on, brothers. Hold on. Tell you, we almost done. Wait for two of you brothers, get up here. Come on. Check this out. Y'all going to love this. I promise you're going to love it. It ain't going to take that long. All right. CC and Levi, come on up here. <laughs> come on. There you go. See, that's what happens when you sit back there and watch. You're just going to get caught up. There you go. But when y'all see this, y'all going to say, oh, wow, this is amazing. All right. We did this this morning as well. So check this out. The last part of that scripture said, thou prepares the table in the front of me in the presence of my enemy. And it says, that last part says, what? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Y'all remember that scripture, right? Amen. So, when I'm going through my trials and tribulations, this is what God showed me. That if he's in front of me and I'm falling where he leads me, I don't have no problem. And when I'm going through trials and tribulations, if it gets so dark and I can't see my way, my rod... And my staff would comfort me in the midst of all of that. You know, every now and then, some of us have these issues where we try to backslide. 
We don't stay on the path like we should, right? But let me tell you something. Paul said, in my time of weakness, God makes me strong. You know what he said before then? That his grace is sufficient for me. So in the midst of my trials and tribulation, the reason I can count it all joy, because if Jesus is in front, rod and staff is on my left and right. Goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. So I'm encamped about where God has me. Some people say it's hard to backslide when you got Jesus, a rod and a staff, and grace and mercy. Because every now and then I need a lot of grace. A lot of mercy. But y'all remember that song and that poem that said footprints in the sand? Now this is where, this is where the time comes in where y'all about to do y'all work. Alright? So you remember when they said that when I was going through my trials and tribulation, that uh, he started complaining. Started complaining so much that he forgot who God was. And he said, the time that you saw those footprints in the sand, that was the time I was carrying you. So this is what happens in your spiritual life. When the way gets so hard, and it's hard to see your way, God would guide you in the midst of the trials and tribulation. Your rod and your staff will hold you up. Pastor, grab them legs right there. Got that leg? Grab that other leg over here. Come on, goodness and mercy. And in case they ain't got enough strength, goodness and mercy follows us. So we get ready to walk. I'm walking through my trials and tribulations. No matter what's going on. Hey, okay. <laughs> but you know, Jesus would go first. <laughs> Thank you, guys. But that's what we have to remember sometimes. That the times that you're going through, that's when God is carrying you. When his grace is sufficient. It doesn't matter what you think about me. It doesn't matter if you like me or not. God's grace is sufficient. In my weakness, that's when I'm made strong. That's when the perfection is made in me. What are you saying, brother? The more that I need Jesus, the more perfect I become. The more I need Jesus, the more I have to step out of the way so God can step in the way. And when God shows up, see, the devil don't understand what's behind the armor. So when I put on the whole armor of God is not Anthony he sees anymore. When I put on the breastplate of righteousness, uh, it's not mine righteousness no more. Uh, when I take on the sword, it's not my sword no more. Uh, when I take on God in the midst of my trials uh, and tribulations, uh, it's not me no more. Uh, so when the devil comes in uh, like a flood, uh, God is able to help you stand. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? My God, my God. Y'all say preach, preacher. Y'all say preach, preacher. Well, since y'all insist, uh, oh my God, living, uh, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. How can I justify living free forever? Oh, baby, y'all to catch on 
to this one. Uh, amazing grace. Uh, how sweet the sound uh, that saved a wretch like me. Uh, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Oh, when you understand that your hope is built uh, on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but holding to Jesus' name. This is what God is calling us to, to continue to press toward the mark. Don't let situations dictate your outcome. If you ain't got no food in the house, fast. If you ain't got no electricity, Light a candle. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Some of y'all are looking for solutions. I'm giving you solutions. If you ain't got a car, the Bible said you shall run. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings of eagles. They shall run. And not faint. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Yes, sir. That's the power of God. And if you can't run, walk. And if you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Because if you press, you'll find out that the banquet in heaven, when we're being called up on that day, Cannot end till we all get there. It can't end till we all get there. So when the feast of the Lord is going on, one day we shall be caught up and changed in the moment of a twinkling of an eye. I believe that there's another arm up there waiting on me, another kidney up there waiting on me. Another eye up there waiting on me. But most importantly, there's another brain. <laughs> up there waiting on me. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. But you can't find strength if you're parked in the handicap zone. You're parked in a handicap zone and you're not supposed to be there. You're subject to be towed away. If you park in a handicap zone and you're not supposed to be there, you're subject to get a ticket. And when you gotta get that ticket, you gotta appear in court. And you have to explain why you were parked where you shouldn't be. What makes you so special? You get to park in my spot. <laughs> but if we just remember what God said, it's not always the one closest to the building. There are those that need to be close to the building. There's some folks that need a head start. But in the end, the race it's not always given to the fastest one. 
So I don't care if you got your PhD, your masters, and all that type of stuff. It's not always given to the smartest one. If you don't mind, I'm gonna do this for a second. It's not always given to the one that got the most education. But it's given to the one that used what they have for God. Use what you have for God. That's what makes us different from the world. We use what we have for those that don't have. I'm not proud to be in a body bag, but I think that's an awesome testimony to tell folks to stop complaining. <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm saying? It's not always being easy being an amputee. But it's a good testimony to give to people that got two arms that don't want to help pick nothing up. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Your disability does not have to be your disability. Your disabilities can become your ability. God told me he didn't understand what I meant by that one time. I told him, I said, you may see this out of frame, but you got to see what's in here. So let's get on this bike and go on a 200-mile bike ride. <gasps> because just because I'm disabled don't mean I can't do. The impossible, when you break it down, take the IM off the part, it becomes possible. And you add the IM back on, it says, I'm possible. And that's where God is trying to take us. And if you can imagine this in your mind as I close. You got a paper towel. You know how y'all got the paper towels? You got to rip a paper towel off. How many of y'all can rip it off easy and get the right, that one sheet off real good every time? Get that one sheet off real good, not messing it up or anything, right? Everybody can do that, right? That's a hard thing to do, right? So this is what I want you to imagine. Imagine the world is the paper towel. And it's hard for some people to break away from the world. But if they just can rip a little bit of themselves off, it may not have came out perfect, may not have came out right on the dotted line, but God still has use for you. If you don't tear the paper off right, you don't throw the whole thing in the God. Oh, I messed it up. You still fold it up the way you need it and wipe the counter off. Good paper, bounty, or bad paper. You keep on getting enough till you need to wipe the counter off. So it don't matter how they ripped away from the world. Get the part they got away and then add to their faith. Add to what they have. And I guarantee you, your life can be a living testimony. In the midst of it all, I may not break away clean, but you know what? The devil thought he had me, but I got away. Y'all pray my strength in the Lord, because I do mean Jesus all the way. And if you don't mind standing with me right quick. We used to sing a song in the midst of everything that we went through in our lives. And he used to say, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine, 
Let it shine. If you can remember those words, we're just going to sing them as we ask God to open the hearts of them to come in the name of Jesus. If you felt what God has for you, if you think this is your time to come, I'm going to turn it back into the hands of the pastors and the ministers. And we're going to ask you to come if you feel. But remember this, no matter what you're going through, remember this. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine.